Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in. Another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Breaking down District 4 athletics week in, week out. Brandon Bainey joined, as always, by our resident expert in the Magic Valley, Scott Burton, who today is Joe Vandal. A nice Idaho Vandals flag flying there for everyone who's watching the video version of this on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page. So what's going on, Joe Vandal? Well, you know, it's, uh, I mean, we all know the tragedy that happened up at the uh, University of Idaho campus and and the loss of life and all that kind of stuff. And so there's a lot of schools today that are kind of um, doing a stadium vigil. Um, so we're all flipping our stadium lights on at three o'clock this afternoon and turning them off at six. Uh, just, you know, if nothing else, just to show that, you know, the people that were affected by all this are kind of in our, in our thoughts and our prayers and, you know, just a terrible, terrible tragedy. But, you know, it's moments like this that it's all we can do just to show that we're thinking about them. So stadium vigil today from three to six stadium lights are going on. And that's why I've got the flag. We're going to run this up the flagpole for that amount of time. And uh, that's why I'm Joe Vandal today. Very cool. And um, yes, Moscow as a community has been rocked this year with, with obviously the, the senseless killing of four college students at the university of Idaho, but Moscow high school as well. Uh, their longtime athletic director and really an icon in the community, uh, Lance Abendroth, uh, passed away earlier this fall as well. So M- Moscow's really just had a, a a tough go of it this year. Yeah, and it's it's really too bad because, you know, he he was a, a staple in that community and, and and really around the state. And then then you got this stuff going on. I mean, it's just it's funny how it all just comes in bunches sometimes, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of the Vandals, I did watch their game, their first round playoff game uh, this past Saturday. They played Southeastern Louisiana in football. I watched it start to finish. It was a really entertaining game. They ultimately lost by three. Uh, did you see how that game ended, Scott? I No, I did not. I was following about 15,000 other games, but I was following the score. So yeah. enlighten me. So, so Idaho's down three. They're driving late. Uh, they're lining up for a game tying field goal with like three seconds left and the kicker comes on and nails it. But Southeastern Louisiana did the classic. Yeah. We're going to call timeout right as he's kicking. So Uh they got the timeout. He had to re kick as he was planting his foot. He slipped on the second kick and that caused it to, to just hook it. And he ended up missing it and the Vandals end up losing. It was really heartbreaking for the Vandals, but yeah, and I think there was a whole bunch of people that were pulling for the Vandals, you know, to win that game. Or I mean, they competed because I mean, there was a lot of people that didn't give them a chance to compete. Um, but man, there was a lot of Vandal fans that day. That's for sure. Definitely. So uh, that is uh, a football uh, topic. As we said last week, we're kind of closing the door on the on the fall sports scene. We're we're now yeah. into winter sports. Girls basketball has been off and running for a couple of weeks now. I've talked about how I hate the overlap between football and girls basketball, but it is what it is. So this is kind of our girls basketball preview extravaganza here on the Magic Valley PrepCast. And of course, all of our girls basketball previews are up on our website right now as well, right on the homepage, idahosports.com. Boys basketball previews will be coming over the next couple of days. And then we've got some really exciting wrestling stuff headed your way as well. So 
stay tuned to the homepage at idahosports.com for all your winter sports preview type stuff. The first thing I wanted to touch on before we dive into individual teams and conferences, Scott, was across the state of Idaho this year, I, I went back and counted yesterday. They are 50, 5 50 new head girls basketball varsity coaches this year. That is just unheard of, right? Oh, my goodness. I When I was kind of looking at uh, just here in the Valley, um, at the coaches and, and whatnot, it's like, Oh my gosh, first year, first year, first year. And it's absolutely insane. I've never seen anything like it before. I mean, 50 in the entire state, that's, that is bananas, you know? So, I mean, it, it kind of goes to show how volatile coaching is, you know, and how it's not necessarily a, a longevity thing anymore for people. I mean, yeah, you're going to get some of these names we'll talk about, that have been around forever, but it is such a revolving door sometimes. And, you know, it's, it's not a job for thin skinned people. It's not necessarily a job to, for people that want a lot of free time. I mean, cause really the landscape of coaching has changed a, a ton over the course of the last 10 years, let's say, you know, I think in, in the past, I mean, you would, coach you would take your team to a couple of summer tournaments and call it good but now it's it's club it's aau it's this it is year round and there's just not a lot of people that can dedicate that kind of time you know to do it and to do it right and be competitive and then you factor in you know in order to do that sometimes you've got to be young and have tons of energy and but with that comes family right and they're going to want your time. And if you don't have a, a family dynamic that supports that, well, coaching's not going to win. The family's going to win. And so we're seeing a lot of this that creates turnover. Because, you know, when I first got into coaching, um, I was told by multiple people that have been down that road a hundred times, it takes a very special person to be a coach's spouse because they are on the journey with you. They are giving up time with you and the emotional roller coaster that a coach goes on, it takes a toll on families. And it, so it does take a special person. And I mean, that's I mean, probably why I'm divorced, but, you know, but, 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 but there's a lot of factors that play into that. And, and as a result, yeah, we do see a lot of turnover. And I think more so now than we have in years past. Yeah, and so uh, you are the athletic director at Jerome High School. You had to hire a new girls basketball coach this year. Mm -hmm. what, and I, I find that not only is it hard to find somebody to coach, but it's hard to find people to apply for, for yeah. coaching positions. I mean, what was your experience like trying to fill that girls basketball position at Jerome? Well, I think one of the things that, that has changed, um, at least – in the schools that I am familiar with and know about, and I, I'd imagine it's the same across the board is, you know, we're getting a lot more coaches that are out of the building because back in the day, it was like, you were the math teacher and the basketball coach, you know, you were the history teacher and a football coach. I mean, that's just, they went hand in hand, you know, now you look at your coaches and you can just, I mean, grasp them all. And there's a lot of them that are not even teachers. They're just community members that, that want to help, you know, because we're, we're losing that dynamic as well. You know, the teacher and the coach 
type thing is doesn't exist as much as it used to. So this process, we lost our, our girls basketball coach to family. It was exactly what I was talking about. You know, little kids, they got to take care of their family first. And so that became a priority and I completely support it and understand it, you know? Um, and so the coach that we hired this year, not a teacher, but a very strong community member, but also has an army of little kids. You know, and so it's like juggling all of this is tough. Um, I think people that want to apply for these coaching positions, they they fall in love with the romance of it, you know, ordering jerseys and taking them to team camps and and doing all these clinics and whatever. I mean, that's the, that's the romance of coaching. The reality of coaching is what do you do when you just made a bonehead coaching call and, and your team loses by one or your team is starting to check out on you because you've lost three in a row and team morale is down. You know, what, what's going to happen when you get so-and-so complaining in the stands because little Jimmy or Sally isn't playing enough, you know, and you start to hear those things. That's the reality of, of coaching. And, you know, in, in basketball in particular, that's a very intimate setting because you don't, you don't get to hear a lot of the stuff in football sometimes because you're far removed from the stands. I mean, not that there isn't stuff, but there, for basketball, I mean, people are right on top of you. And that's why I say it is not a very good job for thin-skinned people. You've got to be very confident and know that with the spotlight is going to come criticism. And we are not a, a society anymore that handles that very well. And so, I mean, there's, like I said, there are so many layers to this onion as to why we have coaching turnover and why people don't want to coach. And, and we could do an entire podcast on this, but the experience here, um, we were lucky enough to have um, our new coach, Kelly Williams, who the kids love. She was our JV coach, uh, want to take a, a crack at it. And so far the kids are responding. They're scrappy, they're working hard and they're playing for her. And that's what you want in a coach. Definitely. So let's start diving in and we'll, we'll do our best to highlight all the new coaches along the way. If we miss one or two, Hey, there was 50 of them. All right. So cut us a little slack. <laughs> yeah, uh, let, let's sure. just, let's just start in the great basin conference with four a yep. uh, girls basketball. The big storyline there of course is Burley is your defending league champ, but also the defending for a state champ. But boy, they lost a lot. They lost uh, some very talented seniors to graduation. They lost the player of the year in Amari Whiting. She transferred to Utah. They lost their head coach, Amber Whiting. So now it's kind of created this void in the Great Basin Conference to where Burley, the defending for a state champs, were picked to finish sixth out of seven in the preseason coaches poll. Uh, so, I mean, let's start with the Bobcats. Usually we would start with the team that's at the top of the preseason poll, but let's, sure. let's start with Burley because they are the defending 4A state champs. They are working in a new head coach, Nicole Baker, kind of similar to Jerome. She'd been yeah. an assistant. Now she's the head coach. And it's not like the cupboard's completely bare. She's got the Cook twins to build around. Haley Chapa comes back as well. Um, but that to me is the big story is what does Burley look like as they try to repeat? Oh, man, that it's going to be a rebuilding year. There's no question about it. You know, you, you don't lose a player like Amari Whiting and then think you're going to pick it up where you left off. You know, she was obviously best for a player in the state. Um, you, you just don't replace that. And she was one of those players that just made everybody around her better. You know, and a lot of times you get one of those players and 
and everybody watches her. Well, you don't have anybody to sit back and watch and let them carry you anymore. So Burley's going to have to find their identity. Um, you know, Baker's going to do a great job. She's young. She's, you know, involved in the program, but it's going to be, it's going to be a rough go for Burley this year, I'm afraid. But, you know, they'll, they'll be okay eventually. They just got to find themselves after losing so much. Yeah, Burley off to a one and five start this year. The one win came by two points over Century in the season opener. And Century, uh, similarly, is a team that's down a little bit, but they've got a, a dynamic individual player. And so they were able to beat Century 54 52. But since then, uh, they've had some close losses and they've also had a couple of blowout losses. Um, I think probably most encouraging for Burley was last night, actually. We're recording this on Wednesday, the 30th. They played mm -hmm. Twin Falls last night. And only lost 45 to 41. Twin Falls was picked as the preseason favorite in our preseason coaches poll. Uh, so uh, Twin Falls was picked one. Minico was picked two. And so far, that's bearing out. Both teams are 2-0 and in league play. Yeah, you know, and, and, and you're right. That was a huge kind of moral victory for Burley, too, just to, to, to prove to themselves, hey, we can play with some of the top dogs in this conference, regardless of who we lost. So sometimes a loss like that does wonders for a team. And it's like, hey, we believe now. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Burley does springboarding off of that four-point loss to Twin, uh, who is supposed to be one of the top dogs in the conference. Yeah, so Twin Falls is led by uh, Hallie Egbert. She's kind of the, the key player for the Bruins as uh, they just seem to always have really good female athletes, soccer, volleyball, basketball, whatever it is. Uh, Minico is a team that's really, I think, ready to turn the corner. They've got CJ Latta, Latta uh, Carly uh, Latta. She's a great volleyball and basketball player, um, and she can handle the ball like nobody's business. She's a really good, smooth point guard for that Minico team. I think she might be the best overall player in the conference this year although i know maddie keener from mountain home is also very talented but i don't know what do you what do you think between twin and minico who has the edge well you know and that's a that's an interesting question because i think those two teams um are both really good i mean you look at minico and and uh what lot is able to do she's she's an amari whiting in a red jersey in a way for what she is to her team you know and so she's one of those players that is going to make everybody around her better and she's going to be one of those locker room people that, that, you know, gets everybody going. Because when you don't have that, then a coach will face sometimes their worst nightmare. And that is when a loss affects a coach more than it does its players. And that shows that you don't have that leadership on the team. And that's why that leadership is so important to a team because you know, the, the loss should affect every single player and not the coach more. Well, Lotta brings that. She brings that leadership. Um, she is going to battle for the number one player in the conference. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head with the with Keener. Um, but I'd be interested to see what what Minico does with Twin, because Twin's one of those teams that I think is going to struggle to score at times because they don't have that 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 standout scoring player. But Twin is Twin. They're going to play as a unit. They're going to be scrappy. They're going to get after you. Uh, and that's what's going to be interesting. So, uh, yeah, everything's shaping up like it's supposed to right now, but we're going to start diving into conference play a lot more uh, even this week with some games. Yes, Minico travels to Twin for the first time Thursday, December 8th. They will then play each other again 
uh, towards the end of the year in January. It'll be really interesting. So Twin was one. Minico was two. Jerome was picked third in the preseason coach poll. Uh, Mountain Home was picked fourth. Canyon Ridge fifth. I think me personally, Scott, I would slide Mountain Home and Canyon Ridge ahead of Jerome just because Jerome did lose a lot and they uh, are kind of a younger team this year, right? No, it's it's um, it's a group here in Jerome that uh, we we are going to have struggles scoring the basketball at times, but we're scrappy and tenacious, and depth could be a problem. But depth is a problem in girls basketball, regardless. But uh, I, you know, I think we're going to find out a lot this Thursday, um, tomorrow actually, when Mountain Home and Jerome tangle. And we'll see kind of where the pecking order falls because Mountain Home's my sleeper. They've got a, an experienced coach who's one of the best. They've got an outstanding point guard is what you need to be successful and a scorer in Maddie as well. And so Mountain Home is kind of my dark horse to see what they're able to do against, you know, the Twins and the Minicos. Um, Jerome still have got a ways to go. they got to find a scorer. You know, and Emma Allen does a great job of putting the ball in the basket, but they're going to have to find other ways to to score. So I, I still think there's a lot to shake out in this conference. A lot. Definitely. Mountain Home uh, has been to state the past couple of years, uh, led by the Keeners, Brent Keener, the coach, Maddie Keener, the point guard. Uh, Can- Canyon Ridge is kind of my sleeper, Scott. They lost five seniors from last year's team, but only one of them was a starter. So they returned four starters. Uh, they've got some really good athletes, Lily Teske, Ava Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think Canyon Ridge is primed to maybe make a leap into that upper echelon, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Canyon Ridge, if they can replace their top two scores they lost from last year, um, then like Jordan Roberts, um, Logan Roberts, you know, they were rebounders. They were scorers. If they can find that piece in people like Teske and Geiger and Dilly, Martin, I mean, those guys are going to, girls are going to, if they can come together, you might be right. Canyon Ridge and Kevin Cato, who's an experienced coach, seven years with Canyon Ridge, and he spent 15 on the boys' side in Hagerman, you know, he's definitely a guy that can bring talent together. Yeah, there's some good veteran coaches in this league. Keener at Mountain Home, Cato at Canyon Ridge, Anna Bateman at Minico mm-hmm. does a, a fantastic job as well. Um, and then Burley was picked sixth. Wood River picked to finish seventh. Uh, Wood River, uh, they're going to be coached by Kevin Stilling, the athletic director uh, at Wood River this year. I tell you what, Stilling, who's a, a good friend of mine, um, the athletic director at Wood River, just a, a top-notch guy, also coached their soccer team when they went to state. I mean, and so it, it, we just called him Ted Lasso the whole time and had so much fun. Now we're going to have to come up with something new to call him as he's taken over the girls program. So I, I don't know what, and Kevin's a basketball guy too, because his wife coached Wood River for a very long time. And a matter of fact, she was coaching when I was coaching the girls here at Jerome. And so, I, I mean, I know them well, and you know, Kevin's a, a basketball guy. His wife is just a really good basketball mind. So um, the the interesting thing about the conference, though, for the first time in a long time, is we have two teams here in the Great Basin that are only going to have two basketball teams. Um, Normally, you have a freshman team, or a C team, a JV team, and a varsity team, right? Well, Mountain Home and Wood River, both are going to have just two teams. And it 
kind of goes to show the trend that uh, sometimes high school sports takes, and we're in it now where participation numbers are down. And you saw that in football. You saw it in fall sports. Um, we're starting to see it in basketball now too. Yeah, it's crazy to me. I just, you know, I would have run through a brick wall to make my, I got cut as a sophomore from my basketball team. And, and now at my high school, they, they, they can't even get enough kids to field the JV team. It's like, what happened? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I know. know exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing that the trends and, and society and the way things are going, it's, we just aren't living in that, that, that Americana vibe anymore to where kids are just all American kids and they want to be in charge of this and running through walls. Like you said, there's just so many options available to them with whatever it is. And with, you know, society changing its values the way that it does. I mean, kids are just like, you know, screw this, man. I'm not, I'm not going to play. And we're seeing a lot of it. For sure. Let's move to, Again, don't uh, get me started. that's a whole new podcast. That's right. Uh, let's let's move to the 3A classification and the SCIC. Kimberly, the preseason favorite. They're breaking in a new head coach and Scott Plew. And well, mm -hmm. so far, so good. I'd say they're off to a four and one start. Um, after that, you had Buell and Filer each tied for second. Buell also working in a new head coach this year in Jessica Montgomery. So uh, we saw it in volleyball, right? Kimberly was the 3A champs. It's a lot of those same athletes that are now putting on the basketball sneakers. And you see that. You see that a lot. You know, I mean, volleyball sets the tone for girls' sports because, like you said, a lot of those girls are going to be playing basketball. And, you know, with Scott Plew inheriting, um, I don't want to say inheriting, he's going to do a great job, good coach. But, you know, he's going to have that 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 core of volleyball players that ran the table went undefeated on their way to a state title stepping onto the basketball floor. And that's going to be huge, you know, and football is the same way football sets the tone for boy sports, you know? So if you've got a really rough football team, sometimes it didn't do so well. A lot of times that translates over to struggles in basketball because it's going to be a lot of those same guys for Kimberly. I mean, Kimberly's got something in the water over there. They've got athletes coming out, left and right boys and girls um and they're going to have a lot of good returning players i mean kelsey stanger mikhail wright uh macy dilly i mean they've got they've got some they've got some weapons what they are going to struggle with is they've got to find a ball handler you know the the, the floor general that's going to be able to direct traffic and handle the basketball they can figure that out they got the rest of the pieces so we'll see what happens very strong inside with Wright and Dilly, especially yep. underneath. Um, let, let, let's talk about Buell. Jessica Montgomery, first-year head coach, but she, uh, she's she been a longtime assistant coach. And, of course, uh, she also runs the the local twos gym in, in Buell as well and yep. does all sorts of shooting camps. And she, she's a great basketball mind. I think this was a perfect fit, her taking over the Buell program. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you hear Jessica Montgomery and you're like, well, I don't know who that is. You hear Jessica twos. Yeah. You know who that is. Same girl. Um, so yeah, she's been a, a big staple in the Valley with skill development and, and camps and ball handling and shooting and all that kind of stuff. So she's going to, she's going to do a great job in, in building foundation for Buell in the fundamental skill area, you know, um, she'll get the experience with the X's and O's and all that kind of stuff as she, you know, carries on. But I think the one thing I like about Jessica is that, you know, she's going to coach these players fundamentally correct because when you don't have a fundamentally sound group as a coach, you, you end up coaching every single dribble that's on the floor. 
You understand? So it's like every every pass you're coaching it, every dribble you're coaching. And you can't do that as a coach, which is why the fundamentals are so important because you want to watch away from the basketball. You want to watch what other teams are doing. As you said, a double stagger. You want to watch all these things, but you can't if you're so worried about dribbling it off your foot or throwing the ball away. And that's what Jessica's going to do for Buell is fundamentally make them a lot more sound. And then um, I hope she sticks with it, you know, and, and becomes a, a, a staple at Buell in the girls' basketball program. Definitely. Uh, Filer picked to a tie for second along with Buell. Filer is the defending conference champs. They lost the conference player of the year and Lexi Monson. What a dynamic athlete she was. Uh, but they do return Jocelyn Bailey, a first-team all-conference selection. And Clayton Nebaker is uh, back to coach Filer as well. So uh, Filer's always dangerous, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, Filer's always going to have good kids as well. I mean, uh, Coach Nebaker was the, uh, was the coach of the year for the conference last year. And, you know, they're coming back with a winning record. Uh, one of the matter of fact, I think the only team in that conference last year that had a winning record, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so, yeah, he's he's experienced. I mean, you look at you look at the coaching tree in this conference. You know, you've got, you know, Jessica Montgomery, her first year, Scott Flew, first year, um, Nebaker, second year and. You know, Gooding's Derek Lyons in his third year. So, I mean, you've got a young kind of coaching uh, tree here in this conference. But, uh, you know, Filer, Filer will be right there. They'll battle Kimberly. Um, and there, there should be another good conference uh, with, with, this, with this group and the changes that this conference made. Yep, and Gooding picked to finish fourth, uh, but they did make it all the way to the state play-in game last year where they fell. Um, Coach Lyons is the uh, elder statesman of the conference in year number three, <laughs> which is funny yep. to think about. Um, Izzy Stockham is going to be a great uh, athlete for Gooding this year. Let's move to uh, the 2A and the Canyon Conference. This is, uh, like like most things, a two-team affair. It's it's Declo, it's Wendell. Uh, Declo is the favorite. Um, Wendell is the team that has more to prove as Declo has kind of had a grip on this conference in, in the past couple of years, but I don't know, flip a coin, right? It's going to come down to a best of three game series, essentially at districts. Yeah. I mean, if you're Wendell and Declo and this is what you do every single year, I mean, whether it's football, whether it's basketball or whatever the case is, it's like Wendell and Declo, geez, we were so sick of you. We're tired of all this. I, I mean, I can only imagine what they're going through in that two team conference. Uh, but yeah, you're right. This has been owned by Declo. I mean, it's been since 2016 that Wendell has won the conference in girls basketball. So uh, Declo, uh, first year head coach, Cody Powers, another first year guy. Um, you know, he's got two all conference players returning in Mallory and, and Silcock. And so he's going to have the upper hand here, you know, and in Wendell, uh, Coach Lamb, um, you know, he's got one of his all conference players coming back. Uh, the other one graduated. Ainsley Clark returns. So there's going to be some players with these two teams, and and it could be a, some some battles, you know, like always. The the early returns for Declo look very good uh, to me, Scott. They beat Firth in their season opener in double overtime, fifty-one to fifty. Firth is a strong program year in year out in the two A ranks. They just lost to Buell last Tuesday by one. 37 to 36. We just got done talking about how good of a 3A team Buell is. And now they have an interesting challenge coming up tonight, Scott, where they will take on, they will host Aberdeen, which was the 2A runner up 
a year ago. So I think that could be a measuring stick for Declo as well this year in terms of statewide, where do they fit in? But a two and one start so far for the Hornets. They're off to a good start. Let's move to the 1A classification and uh, let's tackle this 10 team gauntlet that is the Snake River Conference. Uh, the preseason coaches pull this. This one was one of the more difficult ones to chart because there's really four teams all at the top that I think are all capable of finishing one through four. It's Oakley, Cary, Murtaugh, Raft River in that order in the preseason poll. But any of those four I could see, you know, getting to state. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is a, a, a massive conference. I mean, it wasn't too long ago that uh, the Great Basin 10 existed when we had Preston and Pokey and Century as part of the conference. I mean, it was a, like you said, it was a gauntlet. And, you know, this conference, and we know how competitive a lot of these teams are uh, when we talk football, you know, with these guys and volleyball and whatnot. This is not going to be any different when, when you talk about uh, what these teams have. And um, for Oakley, you know, they are, they're bringing back some players you know, and it's, I think it's, they're the top of the mountain until they're knocked off. But I, I like what Oakley brings back for sure. Yeah. It starts with Fallon Bedke, right? She's six feet tall down low, good, good post presence. Um, and then they've got Kylan Jones, who's a great athlete. Uh, Addie Mitten to me m might be the best uh, on ball defender I've seen in the last year and a half in, in basketball boys or girls. Mm -hmm. I saw Oakley at the 1A D1 state tournament last year, Scott, and Addie Mitten really impressed me with the way she defended the ball. She just gets after it. And so I, I, I like those defensive type of players. So uh, she was a personal favorite of mine. Uh, Matt Payton, of course, veteran coach. Uh, his daughter, Hope Payton, is back to run the point. Uh, Oakley, to me, is the team to beat. They're the team that's gotten to state. And with Carrie, it's the same questions we had during football season where Carrie – has been mm -hmm. a perennial power, perennial state participant at the 1AD2 level. They've got a great coach in Merrily Sears, but the question is now, how does Kerry adjust moving up to the 1AD1 level? They're going to be just fine. They've got good athletes in Jane Park and, and Bernice Vargas, but um, just like football, that to me is the other storyline is how does Kerry adjust to moving up a level? You know, and I think Kerry's going to be just fine. We had we had our questions for football and and they were answered and I think Kerry is a fit for this. I mean, they were playing above the D2 level anyway. They were just that good. So I think they are more than ready to take on this uh, bigger conference in all sports. And, and you're right. I think Kerry is going to be right there. I mean, with Park and Vargas, you know, kind of leading the way for, for Kerry, this is a team that's going to be pretty good. And I think they're going to battle Oakley, you know, a couple of times, but uh, you know, Oakley's got the pedigree. Um, uh, Coach Payton and his defense. I mean, and, and you talked about that a little bit too, because a lot of this conference tournament gets played over here at Jerome. And so I, I host it for him. And so I'll, you know, sit at the scores table, sometimes get on the mic, spin some records, whatever it is I do. And I got to watch some of these guys and, or girls and what you said about Oakley and Mitten and the way that they guard the basketball and the way they get after you is right on the money. And, and I think that's the difference maker right there yeah now for all that glowing talk that we've had about oakley scott last night raft river 
defeated Oakley pretty convincingly. 48 to 27 was the final score. Raft River was the other team that got to state last year along mm-hmm. with Oakley. And in fact, Raft River got further. They made it to semifinal night on Friday, whereas Oakley lost right away. And this is a Raft River team led by Coach Bart Dieters that also brings back a lot of key players from last year. When you look at players like Jesse Knudsen, and Reagan Jones, and they are similar to Oakley. They defend really well. They're going to make you earn everything they've got. And even though they beat Oakley by 19 last night, it was a non-conference game. Only once since it's a 10-team conference, only the second matchup counts in the league standings. So an early uh, salvo delivered by Raft River last night. Oh, absolutely. And and not to to tout Oakley above everybody, I mean, we see that in football too. Oakley Raft River, Oakley Raft River, and and here we go again. But uh, yeah, I mean, Coach Dieters is uh, was the returning coach of the year in that conference, you know, and and he definitely has some weapons at his disposal coming back. I mean, um, Player of the Year Carolyn Schumann was a big part of that last year. Um, you know, they they've got like you mentioned uh, Jones and Knutson. Um, you know, they've got Bowden and, and uh, they just they do have some core returners that is going to put them at the top of that list buying for a conference championship. And yeah, and you're right. They struck the first blow against Oakley convincingly uh, to let them know that, hey, maybe we're the top dog this year. Yeah. And like I said, really, that top four, I think could all beat up on each other with Oakley and Raft River and Kerry. And I think Murtaugh is the fourth team that's got to be considered. Todd Jensen has coached uh, the girls for several years now at Murtaugh. Uh, They went on a nice run to make it to state volleyball. Um, And again, it's a lot of those same athletes. Addie Stanger kind of leads the way, but there's Ashley Stanger. And I mean, Murtaugh is loaded with good, talented athletes also. Yeah, no question. And they do have a, a veteran coach and, and Jensen's a guy that just coaches everything, you know, from football <laughs> to girls basketball, you know, uh, he, he knows how to handle athletes. And I think that's a, that's a crucial piece of a puzzle when you think about a, a basketball season or any season for that matter, because what a coach has to remember, and this is where experience comes in too, is that every season is it's a marathon and not a sprint, you know? And so we play these games that are early and, you know, it's just one step in this long journey and an experienced coach knows how to juggle and manage the emotions of their players, you know, to, they don't peak too soon, you know, and I think that's one of the things, and I'm a, I'm a philosophy guy, right? So I look at all of these first year coaches and how are they going to manage their players, health, emotions, effort, throughout the course of a season without having every single game they play be a championship game. You know what I'm saying? And a veteran coach knows how to stretch that out. And so I'm, I'm really kind of, that's one of the sub plots that I watch with all these new coaches to see how that works out. So you mentioned the new coaches. Let's, let's talk about, so if there's a top four, then I think the next six could all be grouped together in, in whatever order, because All of them have new coaches except for Shoshone, where uh, Coach uh, Tim Chapman and uh, Carly Chapman is going to be their key player. Um, That's really the only program that has had long stability in terms of a head coach, right, Shoshone? Yeah, yeah, and Tim Tim is a great guy, another good friend of mine. He's 
done wonders at Shoshone over the course of his many, many, many years. I mean, I mean, Shoshone's got three state titles, uh, two of them within the past 10 years in 2015 and 2019. So, you know, Shoshone under Coach Chapman, even though they're picked to finish eighth in the conference, don't count out experience, you know, as far as a coaching. If he's got enough pieces to play with, then he'll know what to do with them. And then the rest, it's all new coaches, Scott. Lighthouse yep. Christian, Jesse Clark, Valley, Holly Hall. Hansen has a new head coach. Uh, Glenn's Ferry has a new head coach in Carly McCone. Uh, wasn't that long ago she was playing college basketball, and she was a pretty good one from Glenn's Ferry. She's back to coach her alma mater. And then uh, you've got Castleford. This, to me, is the really intriguing one. Castleford has got a new coach. But it's it's a guy that's not a stranger to coaching. It's Buck Taylor, the longtime softball coach from Filer, yeah. the, the longtime yeah. championship winning coach from Filer. All of a sudden, I look at him and go, "He's the girls' basketball coach at Castleford." He says, "Hey, I have no idea how the team's going to be. Uh, this is new to me as well." Um, but hey, coaching experience is coaching experience, no matter the sport, right? There's truth to that because, like I said, you've got to know how to handle and manage athletes. And it's not about wins and losses all the time. It's about getting your players to perform at their best. And, you know, I've always had the, the mantra that, you know, wins and losses, they take care of themselves. You know, winning is the byproduct of doing things the right way. And by doing things the right way, you, you learn to manage your athletes. And Buck's been a guy that's been around forever. You know, even though first year coaching, he's at basketball here at Castleford. You know, it wasn't too long ago. Well, it was a long time ago, about 20 years ago, he and I played softball together, you know, so, you know, and seeing him around and continue to excel in the coaching arena, you know, more power to him. He's a great guy. Yeah. That's going to be interesting to watch throughout the year. And then Hanson, their new coach is TJ Barry. I, I blanked on, on who their coach was for a second, but uh, those are all the new coaches at the one AD one level. Uh, we've yep. got some new coaches at the one AD two level as well uh, at Camas County. We'll talk about them in a second. But when you look at this Sawtooth Conference, it's just a four-team conference. They're only going to get one spot to state. It's going to be very competitive at the top between Dietrich and Richfield. Dietrich was picked to win the preseason coaches poll, but Richfield is right behind. And, and Coach Buck Hendren and Coach Rick Estelle for Richfield and Dietrich, uh, you know, respectively have both been there for a couple of years, both really good. And it's going to be fascinating to watch those two duke it out all year. Yeah. You know, and there's another experience factor right there with coach Estelle. I mean, we just got done, you know, with football, with Dietrich called those games up at uh, Holt and the, the Estelle name is just kind of synonymous with Dietrich sports. And, and here's another one. And, you know, you're right. Dietrich Richfield, they're going to battle it out. And, you know, they're just miles down the road from each other. And uh, it's kind of like that tobacco road series between Dietrich and Richfield. Um, but yeah, there's, there's going to be some pretty good players for both of those teams. And I think those are the two teams in that conference that are going to kind of battle each other with, you know, the rest of them, Hagerman and Cam is trying to, to keep pace. Only 13 miles separate those two communities, Scott. So uh, those two matchups are going to yeah. be phenomenal when they happen. Dietrich has uh, the reigning offensive player of the year, another Estelle, Haley Estelle. Uh, first team all conference selection, Sage Schubert is back as well. Richfield's got Casey Hendren, who's been the point guard for like 
10 years, I feel like, for Richfield. She's been playing <laughs> since day one of her freshman season. Um, they've got Madeline Long, uh, Madison Jones, or Shelby Jones. Uh, Richfield, to me, has the better depth. Um, and I, I still kind of lean Richfield personally, but mm-hmm. flip a coin between Dietrich and Richfield. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so those are the two veteran coaches. And then, and then you've got two new coaches. Uh, Hagerman will be led by Nick Gonzalez, who previously was at Hanson. So he goes from Hanson to Hagerman. And then Camas County uh, lost uh, their coach, John Boats, but they also lost Ashley Boats, who accounted yeah. for, you know, 75% of their offensive production from a year ago. So it's going to be interesting to see what Camas County is able to put together. They always have to run against really low numbers. It was encouraging to see yeah. that they were able to get enough for a team, though. Yeah, you know, and I was going to bring that up, too, because you were calling those games at state um, with Ashley Boats there and Coach Boats, and and you had the conversation with them about about their numbers and how they thought maybe we weren't going to be able to field a team. You know, and that's one of the struggles that I, I don't think people realize sometimes at these D1, D2 schools is they play eight-man football for a reason, you know, and that's – eight guys on, on the field, right? Well, you can't play three-man basketball or three-woman basketball. You, you just don't. You still got to put five on the floor. And sometimes in these small, small schools, it's a challenge to get it done. And, and you learn that firsthand from Coach Boats when you talked to him and called his games at State. Yeah, it was really exciting that they were able to get to State. That was two years ago. It had been the first time they'd been to State in – years and years and years and so uh you know they're going to be up against it ali stoltzman is the new coach there this year um but it'll be interesting to see how she brings a, a younger group along as the season progresses but man that that was our girls basketball preview scott there's going to be a lot of really good teams again in the magic valley and some really uh dynamic uh, players as well yeah for sure and and again we're moving into uh, a new sports season and with that comes more stories and every one of these kids and coaches and teams they've got stories and that's we want to start highlighting so uh, again if you know for those that are listening to this and we get a lot of our, our following on this podcast is tremendous by the way i mean i hear about it all the time um uh so if you are listening and you know of kids that have a story or something that's happening reach out to us and we would love to highlight those kinds of things on our podcast. Yeah. You can send me an email, Brandon at Idaho sports.com. Um, and that's, that's what we're all about. We want to shine that spotlight on uh, the athletes, coaches, uh, the stories that make the magic Valley, what it is. And that is magical. And that is uh, <laughs> very sappy, but <laughs> it's true. Well done. Uh, well done. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, again, girls basketball previews are complete. They are up on our website, idahosports.com. We're adding more and more boys basketball previews with each day wrestling coverage. Scott, we're taking, we're kicking it up a notch this year because there's so many wrestling diehards in the state of Idaho. We are going to launch a weekly wrestling only podcast on idahosports.com. It's going to be the Matt chat prep cast and so I like it i like it we've got a a rotating cast of re- wrestling experts we're going to do it same time every week tuesday nights 8 p.m mountain time 
and we want to hear from the fans. We're going to do it live. So hopefully yeah. we can interact with some of those wrestling fans to talk about the biggest wrestling team stories, breakdowns. We're going to have team rankings every week. We're bringing back the individual rankings, the individual statewide rankings by weight class as well. Wow. We're very as excited. If you needed, as if you needed another project. I know, right? <laughs> For sure. But the, the wrestling fans uh, are craving it. So Yes, they are. It's, it's amazing how fanatic a lot of these wrestling you know, fans are, parents are, whatever. I mean, I, I didn't realize that until I became AD and I started following a wrestling team around and we happened to win state that year. And um, just seeing how passionate they are about this sport. Well, I mean... Here we are. We now have started up a women's program. So we have women's wrestling here at Jerome. And we have a, a team of, you know, 10, 12, 15 girls that are getting ready to head over to Twin tonight and wrestle for the first time. So the popularity of the sport is really booming. So, yeah, I mean, your timing is perfect for this podcast. And it's going to be a huge hit. I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. So if you want your wrestling coverage, I would say most weeks you'll, you'll be able to get it on that Matt chat prep cast. We'll, we'll dabble into wrestling mm -hmm. here on the magic Valley prep cast as well. But uh, next week, Scott, I think we'll just do the same uh, basketball previews, except this time we'll talk about the boys and, you know, teams, players, we're keeping an eye on all that good stuff. Sound like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Boys season kicks off tonight for a lot of schools. Yes, uh, it is. It is uh, fast and furious out of the gate. And again, keep keep yeah. it locked into IdahoSports.com. We're putting new stuff up on the website each and every day. So thanks for tuning in to the Magic Valley PrepCast, everybody. For Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.